Happy birthday to you. To episode number seventy-nine of Blind Guys Chat. Now, straight, yeah. straight, first off, straight away, we're going to, uh, we're going to Kilimanjaro to Mount Kilimanjaro. Really? Uh, hey. All right, sir. We're going to well, talk to somebody in Kilimanjaro. Yeah, we're going to the base of Kilimanjaro because I, I was talk, telling you guys last time on the last show that I I was in Kilimanjaro in August for eight, incre- seven uh, incredible days because uh, they're kind of life changing, and we I could talk at length about it, but I won't. But no, please don't. when i went over i went over on my own not really understanding what was going to happen so before you go you book a a sherpa and a sherpa is somebody who walks with you and well i suppose helps you up the mountain because it's very very unknown uh very unknown terrain and they also help with your bags etc etc but I needed an actual guide so I was working with two Sherpas I mentioned them last time Raddy and Maddie two of the nicest guys you could meet Maddie has gone back up the mountain again with another customer but we have Raddy with us guys and Raddy has agreed oh. to come on just for a quick minute to say hello to us hello, so, can, we, can we speak to Raddy then Raddy thank you for co- joining us how are you hello oh how are you keeping? Yumbo, Yumbo, they say. Yes, yes. Hello, Yumbo. Yumbo. You, Mister. You, Mister. Uh, Bloom. Bloom. Big man. Big man. Yeah, I'm the big, big man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big, yeah, big, big beer man. Big beer no, man. Oh, that's Stuart. Oh, that's Stuart. Stuart. Raddy brought me up the mountain with my uh, because beer. I wanted to have a beer at the summit. We brought some. <laughs> we won't mention the name of the beer. Rather. So you're 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 at base camp now, which is about about fifteen thousand feet up. Is it is it cold? Oh, very cold. A uh, lot of lot of snow, lot of ice. It it's it's very chilly here. Oh, okay, okay, okay. God, great. Well, thank you very much to uh, bring uh, Mr. Stewart up and down again, also for the Kilimanjaro. <laughs> Uh, 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 did you leave the beer up in uh, up at the top, or did you bring the beer back down? With the beer, it 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 froze, yeah, freeze it hard. Froze. Oh, it froze. <laughs> we had a terrible time at the top. Could not drink. Could not drink. Oh, that's why he, he's he, so frustrated. He lick. He lick. He lick bottle. He lick bottle. <laughs> like an I, ice I, cream. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Like like ice cream. He lick bottle. <laughs> he, he's big man with big belly. Raddy, listen. I just want to say that Raddy, because the last twenty minutes of it was horrific, and you get all the um, altitude sickness. Raddy carried me up on his big, oh. burly shoulders, and the beer uh, uh, was with was with Maddie. Cool. Okay. Did you suffer from uh, altitude sickness then, or Stuart? Uh, I did a bit, yeah, towards oh, the end. Okay. But, but oh, these these guys nice. were these guys were great. Raddy and Maddie yeah. were fantastic. Ah, super. But 
um, Raddy, when we when we got up to have the beer, you finally managed to. Do you remember you chipped into it and the ice broke, and we got a little bit, and uh, we got we got a picture. Yes, we got. A, we used um, ice ice pick uh, to to hack beer bottle. Oh, and then you, okay. You you lick you lick beer. Oh, okay, yeah, okay. It was, uh, was, it was oh, beer the only thing he licked up there. <laughs> I, do, I do not. I do not you understand. Do, no, no, that is far better. I think. Also, uh, now, do, do you remember? Do you remember? Well, think uh, of our he, listeners. You know, he, uh, he, <laughs> to be careful. He he lick wife. Oh, he lick wife. Uh, oh, uh, lick. Your wife. Yes. <laughs> no, no, that's a no. bit uncalled for. <laughs> yeah. he, when he, we were he wife, he wife, he 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 wife, he daughter. He he lick he lick her on mountain. Oh, R- Raddy, oh, remember when we were going up the mountain, we said, what goes in Kilimanjaro stays in Kilimanjaro. Oh, yeah, yeah, an old, yeah, yeah, an old yeah, adage yeah, there. Yeah, oh, so you don't recycling oh, when you're, you didn't do any recycling? <laughs> no, that's <laughs> typically you, Stuart, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, was very, I was very careful. But okay. Raddy, would you, I mean, if there was another blind person who wanted to climb Kilimanjaro, would you be happy to help them? Or was that a kind of a, a difficult experience for you with me? It was something new. You... You, you, you heavy man, and uh, need need less need less belly next time. <laughs> <laughs> need less belly. Thanks, okay, Raddy. Okay. You certainly know how to make me feel good about myself. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you're very good. You no no no. You're very you're very good. You're very you're very uh, patient. Patient. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You yeah. strong legs. Strong. Uh, that is very good because you need to have strong legs. Eh? Big big okay. bottom. <laughs> big bottom. You, you need big bottom on mountain. To keep warm. Oh. To keep warm. Oh, it, okay. was v- it was very cold at night, I have to say. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. and, and, and Raddy, would you, would you bring Stuart up to Kilimanjaro again, up to the top? Would you do it again? No, I think one time more than enough. Okay. <laughs> would, you, would you do it for but 100 you euro? You, you go. You go. Ah, oh, you go, ah, Oren. Oren. Hey, you hey, can Oren. go. You, 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 your friend. You, your friend. We go. Oh, oh there you go, guys. Okay. You, you yeah, can okay, both yeah. go with Raddy. Yeah. Uh, can, Larry, can Larry and Jeff go as well? They, they, our guide dogs would love to go to the top. Could, can can you bring guide dogs up the mountain, Raddy? Are, are guide dogs allowed? No, it's too cold. They be we cook on fire. Oh yeah, they'd yeah, be, they'd be cold dogs, cold. not hot dogs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Okay, <laughs> that okay, wouldn't okay. be good yeah, Raddy yeah, yeah. it's been incredible an incredible journey that we shared together six nights in, in freezing cold tents telling stories and meeting other people on the mountain in various states of health but thank you for bringing it for, for making it happen for me you're a gentleman sir it was very uh, powerful experience ah. when you were sleeping were you Stuart's Snuggle, buddy? Uh, no, I think we don't need to answer that one, Robbie, <laughs> do we? <laughs> I do not. I do not understand. No, no, that's it's just as well. Yeah. It's just as well. <laughs> big man blanket. No, big man blanket. Oh yeah. yeah. Raddy and I he, and Maddie. He phone wife. He phone wife. He phone wife. Oh. To say oh, to say, love you. Oh, he have okay. the, he have two wives. Okay, okay. I I, I had no two wives. I had use of a satellite phone. Thank you very much. Until very next welcome. time. Okay. You're very welcome. Thank you.
It's interesting that I just I was asking about how cold it was because yeah. like today was just the sun has it, been splitting the rocks here. Yeah, it was in, uh, in Dublin, yeah. good weather. Yeah, yeah. really, really warm. Oh, it's it's to be like this. I, I was watching uh, the weather forecast this evening on the TV news, and they were talking about temperatures of twenty six all week. During oh, the day. really? It's like, all right. Yeah. yeah. So this uh, is well, this our Indian summer. Yeah, yeah, it's coming back. Today guys. also we had a good weather, and and then also the coming week because the difference with us, uh, you know, uh, the Grand Prix at Sandford was yeah. was extremely wet, wet. Uh, Mister. Wet, 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 wet. Yes, okay, you wet. need to have a swimming yeah. towel. Uh. <laughs> hey, yeah, yeah, and and a snorkel, whatever, or. Uh, <laughs> You know, it was uh, uh, the in German speaking the U-boat eh, that, that that you go underwater. It's really uh, yeah, oh, yeah. Max yeah, did that's, really that's a good job. He did, but that's always my argument about Formula One drivers. Jan is you paying them, and I think I've said this before in the podcast. Yeah, you paying yeah, them yeah. so much money, they shouldn't be allowed to put on wet tires. They should just yeah slip and slide around, the, and whoever makes it. You know, yeah, yeah, that's true. You, that's you, true. That's you, true. You're a good driver. You're driven through the rain. No, that's true. <laughs> and also Alonso did uh, really a good job again. Eh? He did. Yeah, he's uh, oh. he's finding his uh, his mojo. Uh, yeah, a bit late in life, but uh, yeah, sure. It's not talking to us now because he's bored. Sorry, sorry, guys. Apologies. I I was just uh, <laughs> sorry. I, I, was, I was just I was just trying to uh, trying to recover after that whole Raddy interview. And yeah, I, I yeah. think he didn't quite understand what goes on the mountain stays in the mountain. But no, he's a there great was guy, no for for me. One, I think, on the uh, Kilimanjaro. Eh? There was, uh, there was no, slowly, was slowly. Just, there was plenty just of licking going on. Lots of people yeah. walking up and down, basically. Uh, so you're you're a bit bitter that those those beer bottles froze over. Uh, it was yeah. terrible. Yeah. But what did I expect? In yeah. What did I? Expect? But, but but I think we we must confess. Uh, I also have put my beer sometimes in the freezer, you know, to get it a uh, good on on a easy on the on on a fast way on a good temperature. Mm-hmm. And yep. then you for and then you, oh, forget. you forget. I know. Oh, I, oh my God. I, I did it one day with a can of Coke. I remember thinking, I want oh. a can of Coke. So I stuck it in the freezer for yeah. thinking I'd do it for 10 minutes, then got distracted, went off somewhere, came back. The Coke had yeah. expanded. The thing had burst out through the can. Yeah. And basically big blocks of ice Coke yeah. in the in the freezer. Uh, yeah. Terrible. Terrible. And, and, and you remember what, you know, when I was in Nigeria, you know, also what we did put also in the uh, fridge. Mm-hmm. I give you a free options what you can choose, you know, a, a, a bottle of water. Okay. Or a, a bottle, uh, a, a, a an apple. Okay. Uh, or a, uh, what is, oh, shoot, I don't know the, <laughs> the English word. <laughs> oh, a candle, a candle. A candle, okay. You probably yeah. didn't put a candle in the fridge. A bottle yeah. of water, mm, did you put an apple in the fridge maybe? An apple, uh, I was going to say. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 candle. a candle, a candle, yeah. A yeah, candle? Yeah. Why, what's yeah. a candle do in the fridge, in the freezer? Well, otherwise, you know, when they are, uh, when you keep them outside, oh, they're they melt. are, the they are melting. Melt. Yeah. Oh, and so you, you need to... them in the, uh, uh, any time, you know, because, yeah, uh, the, the, power the power can go. go down any moment. And then uh, when you <laughs> keep them in the cupboard, you know, when it is 30 plus or 40 plus, then they are not really that uh, standing up. So if the, if, the, if the power went out, did you and Chantel had to get into the fridge and then light the candle? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's correct. <laughs> now, now we've all sorts of visions of. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> I think we need to move on to another okay. topic. <laughs> All right, let's, let's move on to. Well, I'll ask you. I'll, I'll lead into this by asking because uh, we're just gonna we're going to talk a little bit about Apple and yeah. uh, iOS 15. But I do know 17. S- sorry, 17. Since our last podcast, uh, Mr. Lawler had just purchased an iPhone SE, SE. SE. but yeah. you also bought one, Jan. Yeah. So I also what's the did. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. I followed uh, his advice, and it. Uh, yeah, I must uh, really. Uh, there was a good su- a suggestion from Mr. Stewart. So I'm glad. I'm glad you like yeah. it. Yeah. 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 Delighted to hear it. It is uh, first of all, it is a smaller device, so it's better uh, to keep it in your pocket. You know, in your yeah. uh, hand pocket for, of your uh, uh, of your jeans, mm-hmm. and also um, it has the uh, really famous uh, uh, yeah fingerprint button again. Mm-hmm. So no uh, uh, annoyance with the f- uh, f- face recognition etc so that was really um, uh, yeah uh, the only concern what i have a little bit is when i'm uh, listening much to podcasts etc or streaming that that the battery is an uh, that it won't last the whole day but yeah. um, oh, really? so far so good yeah it it and, and it does have a obviously a lower capacity uh, battery yeah. than than the, than the, 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 the than the other phones i know that um and I don't think I don't know whether this helps or not. I think we were talking about this on last week um, on WhatsApp, Jan. But I'm I'm sort of cycling the battery at the moment, you know, religiously yeah. bringing it down to four percent. But that's not always possible because sometimes you have to charge yeah. it when you're going out the door or something. Exactly, exactly. But, so I don't know if that works. At the risk of throwing, I think people like Dave Nason will tell us whether that works or not. Mm. Do should you cycle the battery of your phone? I always thought right. for best battery life between twenty to eighty percent is where you. You don't let it go below twenty percent. I, I did hear something about that. Yeah, you don't let go, and isn't that why the iPhone Smart Charge? When you plug it in, and it, it will, yeah. it will bring it up to eighty really quickly, and then it'll go really slow to get yeah. to a hundred. Yeah, it's the same um, with the electric cars, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah I think yeah. It, it, well, I, yeah. it gets up to eighty percent. Exactly, and then eighty to hundred is quite slow. I don't have one. I wouldn't know. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, well, you no, maybe you do, but when you get driven around anywhere, you wouldn't know what type of maybe car. That's better yeah. for everyone that I don't have one. <laughs> but it has five G, you know, so, so yeah. it's really an. Uh, it, it is an um, yeah an, uh, an up to date phone, I would say, you know, and it's. Um, um, yeah, and I don't know if you find yourself doing this. What I'm doing, Steve, I still take it out and hold it in front of my face, and then I really? realize, oh yeah, oh. it doesn't have face ID. <laughs> I still have to get used to realizing I have a home button. So, I, uh, perhaps I do, or uh, Stuart, but uh, but I forget always those annoyments. But but but, but uh, yeah, I'm I'm fo- more or less also that easy uh, going uh, to habits. That uh, so mm-hmm. it could be. So what's happening with uh, iOS seventeen? That's been released soon, isn't it? Yeah, but b- middle of the month, I think. We don't have the actual release date yet, but it's going to be sometime around middle middle of September. I think iOS seventeen is one thing. The new iPhones is going to be another because another hardware. I think there's going to be they say an update to the Apple Watch. Yet another yeah. update to the Apple Watch. Um, but the big rumor is a buttonless iPhone, including volume and power, and also USB C. Eh? Oh, that's the bit. Yes, USB-C everywhere. That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because so they that's have also to for the uh, for the power supply. That's totally different then. And, uh, yeah, but I'm I'm also um, uh, so then the headphone is then also different. There's a good, eh? there's a good question I wanted to ask you about your iPhone SEs. Is there a headphone uh, jack in the SE, and will there be a no. headphone jack in no. the new? No. no, there's just a lightning jack like the like yeah. the other iPhones. So, so you, you just you plug your lightning. Well, sorry, no. What I don't mean by a, a headphone. You mean a, a lightning jack? Yeah, yeah, there is. It's the same. Uh, yes, you can you can use lightning head. You can use 
the uh, wired uh, headphones in the in the SE, but you um, but but obviously there's presumably going to be USB C yeah. headphones made available then from Apple. I imagine that you'll yeah. buy. Or you have also these uh, because I know from the compact. Um, low vision uh, devices, you know, from Autelec, they have also USB-C and you have a USB-C to uh, audio adapter uh, on it. Uh, ah. So that's also possibly done, you know, with a hardware. Well, I just want to stick with that for just for a second. Are you, did, when you got, when you both got your iPhone SE, yeah, did you also get a pair of uh, headphones no. uh, from no. Apple, Apple headphones? No. Well, no, only no, a cable. No, no, only a cable. Literally, yeah, I mean, you don't even cable. get a you don't even get a, a charging block. You just get the no. cable. No, that's terrible. Oh, terrible. That is, that yeah. is pretty bad. Because yeah. what if you're you're buying a, an iPhone for the very first time? Yeah, then you're stuck. You're well, stuck. Um, yeah, you need to buy. It I think Apple were justifying it by saying they're doing their bit for the planet. And, you know, which of course they'd say. <laughs> but they're making the phone more expensive at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, all right okay yeah so yeah, ios yeah, 17 sometime shortly hardware after that yeah, yeah. did you do uh, uh, participate uh, Stuart, with the beta or not no i was, I was kind no. of afraid to do it jan because okay. i don't have another device and i'm I, 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 I suppose i was i was afraid if something happened to that and i need it for work or just even to contact people i, I did think a lot about doing it and maybe now it mm. would be safe because you were so close to release but i'm kind of yeah. thinking now i'll just wait till release at this stage yeah. By the way, um, I can imagine um, uh, JAWS 2024 uh, public beta will come soon. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. So that is uh, soon to participate. So that's uh, quite good. And there's a couple of interesting bits going to happen with that, I think. So it'll be interesting to see how people feel about that over the next couple of weeks. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah, yeah, there's yeah, usually yeah. two or three betas, isn't there, that they, that they run between now yeah, and two or three. Yeah, 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 the end yeah. Of, of October yeah. when it'll be released. Yeah. Yeah, I know that's true. We will have uh, uh, yeah nice features and um, a nice one. I think we will uh, do a, a, a face in view. Yeah, I was actually looking at the. Or, uh, oh, well, I was uh, reading a little bit about this the other day. The whole idea of being able to line yourself up at a camera before you go online exactly. to a yep. meeting or whatever. If you choose to turn on your camera, you'll get some feedback. Uh, which would be really helpful. I I wonder, Jan, and I'm sure they will have a look at this in the future. Could they give you information on if there's anything else? I'm always wondering if I turn on my camera. It's not so much seeing me. I don't particularly care about that. But what what else can people see around me? You can even do a picture smart on it. You can ah, do a picture smart. Okay, yeah. because I'd be curious. Like somebody, I was remember I did something on my iPhone before, uh, and I was on a video call with someone, and and she said, "Your kitchen is much cleaner than mine," and I was like. I wasn't sure that I liked the fact that someone could just see into my kitchen now where I was sitting maybe I was quite near the kitchen but it kind of unnerved me a bit (laughs) it's like what can the camera see and I I remember at the very beginning of COVID explaining this to my boss at the time and saying this is why I didn't want to use the camera I said "I I just feel very uncomfortable about and I think as well and this might be interesting because for you guys it might be slightly different experience but being totally blind from birth i have no yeah. exp- i have no concept of spe- like what how far can a can a person see from a certain distance so i don't know if something is near me will it be also picked up in the shot so i'm very uncomfortable still about using the camera in meetings because i don't know what there might be something on the table that someone mm-hmm. might see mm-hmm. not that i, I 
I don't know. It, so I'd, I'd love some I, feedback. I, I really can understand because it is really, um, even I'm sh- still shocked, you know, when I'm here, uh, well, in the house with free sighted people and, and, and then um you 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 yeah it is sometimes surprising uh, how much uh, you overlook in a way you know or mm. as, as 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 a blind person yeah uh, sometimes you know then i think that i really cleaned the table well after dinner yeah you know? yeah and then, and then someone i then, i do you know do you know what used to drive me mad jan it's kind of on the same vein but i remember when i moved out of home first time after I left college and I moved into a um, an apartment with a friend of mine here in Dublin initially for a year we were renting and my mum used to come up to see me and she'd start cleaning when she came in I said please stop and she said oh no sure I can clean while I'm talking to you because she'd be picking things up that I didn't that I missed yeah, or yeah, you know yeah. <laughs> it drove me. But no, maybe that's, that's just a, a mother's thing yeah. I don't know and sometimes but, also you know then I promise that I bring something upstairs you know yeah. And then you put it somewhere, and then you simply forget, forget about it. you know, oh, because yeah, you don't yeah. see it. Uh, yeah. and, and then you, uh, but, but um, then you have no, yeah, okay, you cannot memorize everything 100%, no. you know, and then, but, and, no. ah, forget, you know, yeah, then you get it. given out to, yeah, 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 yeah. And then, did you bring it? No, no. why oh. didn't you bring out that rubbish? Yeah, ex- well, yeah. exactly, <laughs> <laughs> something. Hmm. Okay, so we have our first guest, yeah, let's go. Well, we're going to, this is an interesting kind of thing where we've elected to do, and it's kind of based on our last uh, podcast where we talked to Jade McCormick about uh, yeah. d- our dogs getting distracted and such. And oh, we yeah. thought, well, why don't we make a little series and maybe talk to some people? So we've got uh, Deirdre Fahey, who is Larry's puppy raiser, uh, and she lives in Ennis. And she agreed to come on to the show for the very first in this series. This will probably run over the next couple of months because we're hoping to talk to various people just about the whole the guide dog process let's say in and, and yep. uh, from mm. from the breeding right through to the puppy raising and the training. training yeah it would be nice to see and to hear also other people uh, talking about uh, their big love you know because that's what we uh, uh w- yeah w- what i uh, recognize when you talk to other people about dogs you know Deirdre, you're very welcome to the show Thank you, Oren. It's lovely to be here. Hi, Jan. Yeah, welcome, Deidre. Yeah, thank you for and being w- here. You've had quite a lot of uh, dogs that you've puppy raised, but I'd like you just to confirm that Larry was the best uh, dog that you ever puppy raised. Well, he still is the best Cert- dog you've ever puppy raised. How much handsome. does it cost you? How much? <laughs> <laughs> well, he, he certainly ranks as the most handsome, Oren. <laughs> oh... <laughs> So he, he need to compensate with Oren, of course. And, and yeah. the silkiest, yeah, yeah, the silkiest yeah, yeah, yeah. coat. <laughs> <laughs> so, dear, okay. let's talk about a little bit, because I know you're, you're also doing some breeding at the moment for Irish Guide Dogs, but I met you, well, uh, because you were Larry's puppy raiser, and as is the fashion here, certainly in Ireland, and I don't know about in other places around the world, but uh, we have the opportunity, or the, the puppy raiser has the opportunity, that if they want to keep in contact with uh, the dog's um, new owner, i.e. me in this case, Deirdre uh, could give her consent for me to contact her, um, which I did because I wanted to say thank you very much for all she had done when I got Larry, and we just became friends after that yeah. both with Paul and Cloda and Deirdre 
And I, I just have to say it again publicly, but thank you again for all you've done for uh, raising Larry. That was a fantastic job. How long have you been doing this? More importantly, why do you do it when you know you've got to give a little doggy yeah. back to yeah. guide dogs to be trained? Yeah. That, that's the question I am asked the most out and about by the public. I have people come up, admire the pup and then say, I'd love to do that, but I couldn't because I couldn't give them back. Yeah. But to me, Oren, um, puppy raising beats dog ownership hands down. It's 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 quite simply the best thing I've ever done in my life. And even when people thank you like you just did there, um, I will accept you. I will tell you you're very welcome. But I'll also say that I get so much more out of doing this than I actually put in. I gain as well from the love of these dogs and the fun and the joy and all of that. But to, I suppose to answer your question, why would you do this when you know that there's an end point and you pass the dog on? You have to do all your thinking in advance. It's not dog ownership. And you know that from day one. And once you get involved in Irish guide dogs and you see the trouble and the care that they put into their breeding program, even that alone, when you're handed this beautifully bred puppy with a great temperament, you sort of know that they're, this pup deserves to be working and have a purpose and have a working partnership down the line. Even towards the end of the puppy raising stage, myself and Paul often remark about the pup, oh my goodness, he's ready. He's ready for professional training. We um, almost feel guilty about holding on to him or her because you can see they're chomping at the bit for more. And you can see that we've done all we can with them as amateurs. And it, it's just a psychology. It's if you always remind yourself every day, this dog is not mine. This dog has a destiny and I'm just lucky enough to be pri to have the privilege of sharing the first year of the dog's life. And it's I believe in life in general. You, you have a choice every moment of your life to take the positive attitude or the negative. And the negative is I can't do this because I'd be heartbroken giving the dog away. The positive is I've had 10, 10 pups in my life now. Larry was number five. Um, I've, I'm, I have you and Cloda as dear friends. I wouldn't even know you and Cloda if I had not carried on puppy raising dog after dog. So um, you have to see the positive. And I also always say the day I hand over the dog back to guide dogs, I always say, don't cry because it's over. Smile because it happened. Um, I have met wonderful people through this. I feel like a real member of the Irish guide dogs community, staff, clients, fellow puppy raisers. I'm now involved in breeding, which is amazing as well. So all in all, it's it, it's yes, there's a little bit of heartbreak Um, not the day we hand them over. Funnily enough, we love handover day, myself and Paul. We get a real kick out of it. And um, the dogs are of a breed, Labrador retrievers, doodles that they never look back. When you hand them over to the trainer, they head off down to kennels with their tail wagging and they don't look back, which is wonderful. So any sadness you have is certainly not for them. It's for yourself. And it's maybe a week later in the quiet house when you find uh, a toy in the corner. Yeah, yeah. That's when you sort of feel it. But then, you know, when you get a call from Simon, the trainer, saying how great Larry the pup is getting on. Oh, yeah. And then... If you're really lucky, a call from the client. Um, I, I, my attitude towards contact with the clients is um, visually impaired people, families with a child with autism. These are busy people with busy lives. I would have no expectation for them to 
make contact with the puppy raiser, but I love when they do, even if it's only one phone call to tell you that the dog settled. I love to, you know, I love to hear how the dog got on. Mm. But then if you're really, really lucky, a friendship comes out of it. Like when Oren phoned me, Jan, and mm. um, to say, hi, I'm Larry's owner. Lovely to lovely to say hello yeah. to you and all the rest. We ended up having the most fantastic chat. We discovered we were the same age. We discovered we got married at the same age, uh, maybe even a similar year, I think. (laughs) And we just clicked and we ended up talking about 20 other things besides Larry and we became friends. So that's the upside of this. First of all, I feel also then a little bit guilty because I have not such a relationship with my puppy raiser of uh, of chef. Uh, We are in in touch with via WhatsApp sometimes we share pictures and so on, but but we are, yeah, uh, she's enough, not that yeah. close. Yeah, that, that's, that's really is enough. I think myself and Oren just fell into a natural friendship because oh, we're yeah. compatible yeah, as humans. Does. You know, I, I would not. And if you think about it as well, I'm, I'm on my 10th puppy. I'm going to yeah. keep yeah. doing this. I could end up raising 20 or 30 pups and you couldn't sustain 20 or 30 nah, close friendships with true. clients. So yeah. I, I wouldn't feel guilty about that. I think... Even letting the client, not even or the puppy raiser, even via the guide dog association, just yeah. make sure that the puppy raiser hears that the dog settled yeah. and a little bit about the dog, how how well the dog settled. That's enough, yeah. Jan. It really yeah. is. May I ask, how, how did you qualify for this breeding thing? Because uh, uh, when I look at uh, uh, the, uh, there are some differences between Ireland and the Netherlands and we will uh, mention those uh, or highlight them later on also in other series. but. Um, how do you uh, um, qualify? Are you, do, do you own an, a very popular dog that is uh, meant to be giving birth to the, the oh, puppies so or, or how, the, the how does breeding. it work? Well, um, the bre- I was very lucky to become a brood, we call it a brood holder. So Irish guide dogs have their own breeding program. Yeah. They work very strongly with guide dog associations internationally, including yeah. the Netherlands and um, France, oh, America. Really? and Britain okay. um, and I'm only naming some of them there there's huge yeah. collaboration internationally okay and the whole network because so, Larry's how, mother how, is American isn't she that's right oh Larry's God. both Larry's parents are American actually Oh. And our current Are you aware puppy of that? <laughs> yeah one is Republican one is Democrat <laughs> yeah and actually the father is called Donald oh <laughs> no <laughs> he is oh my god yeah but to answer Jan's question it was very accidental how we got into being brood holders. We were puppy raisers and um, puppy number eight was Pixie and she was chosen for breeding. I was told by Irish guide dogs um, that they were holding back her and a sister for breeding. Ah. So we were all set to finish the puppy raising period and then send her off to stay with a, bro- a volunteer brood holder because we were both working full time. And the reason we got into puppy raising, by the way, over pet ownership, one of the reasons was you can work and puppy raise. You can bring the dog to work, whereas a pet dog has to be left at home on their own. We don't do children, so it's a quiet house during the day. So that was a big reason for puppy raising. So we were all set to say goodbye to Pixie. And the pandemic happened in March 2012. That's and guide dogs a few weeks later guide dogs said to me uh, a member from Gu- the breeding manager said i'm really sorry about the delay we're just having trouble finding a brood holder it might take some time because of you know the way things are pandemic and everything and it got me thinking so i phoned her back 
And I said, Maeve, uh, I don't have much experience. Um, I remember seeing puppies and uh, piglets and different animals born on my uncle's farm when I was a child. But that, that's a long time ago. Um, I wouldn't have any adult experience of whelping and birthing and all that. But I said, yeah. would you consider myself and Paul as brood holders? Because Paul is only working one day a week and will be for the foreseeable for the pandemic. And my boss has told me that I'm going to be working from home for at least a year. So Maeve chatted to management, got back to me and she said, dear, we'd be delighted to let you give it a go. Sure. That we'll give you as much training as we can. I'm going to get you to read certain books. I'm going to send you training videos and um, we're going to talk you through everything. And when the time comes when Pixie is birthing, we'll, we'll be there. You know, the, the yeah, vet and Clamel will be on video for you, you if you need them. Yeah. They'll talk you through it. So it was quite nerve wracking. Um, you know, I had to sort of read up a lot and sort of qualify as a dog midwife <laughs> in a yeah. very informal <laughs> yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. But I felt hugely supported. My own local vet, um, he was on call. He said, I'm 10 minutes away. So knowing that my local vet was 10 minutes away, um, Clonmel, the, where she was mated, they were on 24 seven as well. Um, as it happens on the day, we didn't need any help. Pixie was wonderful. I mean, we, we really? were really just witnesses. How many, how many uh, uh, puppies came out of her? Her first litter, she had seven oh. and her second litter, she had eight. And that's uh. normally it. Normally guide dogs breed their brood bitches twice. Um, oh. But in very exceptional circumstances, if a breeding dog finds it very easy and thrives on motherhood, and, um, you know, makes easy work of it and is obviously very happy in it. They may mm. let them go a third time. So Pixie has is going to be let go a third time. So we're going for the hat trick. We're going to have a third litter oh. uh, so probably later this year. Mom. And then she'll be after that, it'll be the Dolce Vita. And very yeah. nicely for us, we get to keep her, which is lovely. So she's oh. the only dog we won't have to give back, which is amazing. Oh. Us. Lovely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, is it a much di different experience, uh, Deirdre, between the first puppy that you're going to puppy raise and where you are now, where you're breeding and you've got Pixie all the time and then you have this yeah. litter of pups from, right from birth? Yeah, for eight weeks. Yeah. It's, um, it's very different. It's the, the puppy raising is um, you get the pup from eight weeks old to about 13 or 14 months old. So it's a year of watching a dog develop from that stage right up. Yeah. So it, it is very intense. There's a massive checklist of things we have to achieve and so on. And um, but it's it's fantastic. I mean, you basically pull the dog into your life in just in just the way the eventual owner will. But unfortunately, like for for Oren and yourself, Jan, your dogs yeah. are adults and they're mature. So the yeah. puppy raising is, you know, you're not walking around with this perfect little angel of a dog. It's they go through adolescence, they go through yeah. the mouthy <laughs> yeah. stage, all of that. But it's yeah, great yeah, fun. Yeah. And then yeah. um, the breeding. I think still the chef totally is some puberty yeah, sometimes, yeah, you know, yeah. 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 Uh, you know, he never is... left his childhood, I think. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Larry, he, Larry is a rebellious teenager. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's terrible. You know, I, I, I would really will, will nail his down with his pocket money, you know, because he, he spends too much <laughs> as well, you know, going to game hall, etc. you know, <laughs> PlayStation, you know, that's terrible. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he'll be grounded. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. The, the breeding then is very different. It's it's eight weeks of madness. 
it's ridiculously <laughs> intense. It's a shorter time. Yeah. And in fact, I shouldn't say eight weeks of madness because the first three weeks you have almost nothing to do. The mother does everything. Pixie is okay. amazing. We only have to monitor the dogs. Do you have a special them. room for it? Sorry, Deidre, to we interrupt. We do. Uh, well, accidentally, okay. we have a lovely room off our kitchen, oh. a sort of an arch, an open arch. Oh, OK. And it just turned out to be perfect yeah. for the pups. Super. Um, so the, for the first three weeks, the pups can't see, hear, and they oh, yeah. can't even smell when they're born. So I th- I'm trying to think what order. They get their sense of smell first um, and then their ears open after, at about two and a half, three weeks. And then finally their sight. Their sight takes a good while because even when they open their eyes, they're very unfocused, etc. As soon as they can smell and certainly when they can hear, we have a lot of work to do with handling them and getting them used to life. So one very interesting thing that people are very interested in is we play a CD at very low volume oh. and if the CD has yeah. noises like trucks, traffic and ah. um, pedestrian crossing, right. audio, you know, those. I thought there was Sebastian crossing. Bach or something or Chopin yeah. or uh, <laughs> <laughs> lightning oh. um, anything that a pup will lawnmowers, all of that. And you play this for them at a low volume and then and then you no, take note of how each puppy responds to the noise. Really? And then Gosh. as each day goes by, you raise the volume and you again, you keep a record of how each pup responds. That is from day one or, 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 or in the early Pretty days. Much then, day one. The first two weeks, oh. no, all they do is sleep and feed. That's it. <laughs> but you still handle them. You, you, you hold them and rub them so that they get used to the feel oh, yeah. of a human hand and you, you rub different surfaces on them as well. A soft towel, something rougher, different types of clothing, anything they might be held against in the future. Mm. So it's it's given me a whole other insight into another aspect of guide dogs. And then I've left out a sta- the one stage I've never done. Um, I've done breed the breeding, the brood holding, it's called. And I've done the puppy raising, but there's a week in between that I haven't done yet. But when I retire, I'm going to do it. It's called home socialization and it's a wonderful idea. Instead of taking the pups from the mother um, all in one go and landing them into their puppy raising home um, and they've lost their mother, their siblings, their, the humans they were used to, that, that's mm. a big deal for pups. Yeah. Home socialization is guide dogs will take pups in pairs. So two pups go to a volunteer for a week and that volunteer's job is to simply um, they sleep in their they sleep with their brother or sister for the first night in a crate. So that's no problem. They'll cuddle up to their brother or sister and go to sleep the second night then or maybe the third night. You'll put them in separate crates, but they can see each other. And as the week goes by, you move the two crates further and further. And the goal is that at the end of the week, each pup comfortably on their own in a room in their crate and they become more independent and the home socializer also will you know turn on dishwashers hair dryers lots of household noise and um, it's great for the children in you the know house, what Orin is know. doing all the yeah, time yeah i do that all the time yeah yeah <laughs> and then um so it's wonderful and it means that when the puppy raiser is handed the new pup they're so independent and happy and comfortable yeah. And I saw the difference in that. Um, I think either Larry or the puppy after him was the first pup that I got handed that had gone through that. Ah. And it made all the difference. I could see the confidence oh, in the I was going to ask, because it make a huge difference, yeah. Massive. Yeah. Because I would remember the first puppy that we puppy raised, the crying at night, 
you know, oh, for a few yeah. nights oh. while they get used to, they're gone from yeah, their mother, yeah, yeah. and you know, oh, 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 this home yeah. socialization is wonderful. Yeah, would be mind. nice to hear, uh, Oren, how 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 does that work here in the Netherlands? Yeah. Because it would be nice. Uh, yeah, it sounds also logic and so yeah. well thought through. But yeah, you never know. It's a suggestion you can bring, Jan, if it's not done. We got it from the American Guide Dog Association. I oh. think that suggestion. So it's 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 it has made yeah. all the difference to the puppy's confidence and and that's one week. All that trauma that people people used to say about new puppies in a house. Oh, you know, they just have to go through it. It's a rite of passage. Yes, that's true to an extent, but if it can be eliminated, which we've yeah. now done, yeah. all the better. So when you're observing or, or, or rubbing the puppies, how does uh, the how does Pix in your case how does Pixie react? Like she's is she a very protective mother or? Oh yeah, is she that's happy for question. you and Paul to be kind of in the He's room? It's actually and... wonderful. Um, we were wondering all the reading up I did, um, while she was first pregnant. Um, it did warn you in these books, it said that um, every dog is different. Some dogs will, will want to birth on their own. Now, you have mm, to be yeah. nearby in case you have to intervene. Yeah. But um, yeah. that they'd rather you, you stayed maybe out a room away or at a distance or didn't touch them or go near them. Other dogs want you right beside them. And there's no way of predicting that this. It's not to do with the dog's personality. And the oh. one book even said... Don't be offended if, you know, your, your dog is normally very clingy and very fond of you. But when they're birthing, they don't want you beside them. So we were curious to see, would Pixie want us beside her, not beside her? Yeah. She wanted Paul right beside her while she was having the pups. Okay. And, um, and she was very comfortable for me to be nearby as well. So Paul, our pattern tends to be Paul goes into the whelping box with her. And, and I think it's because Paul it has a very you've met him or yeah he's, he's one of these lovely soul. quiet gentle yeah. calm people yeah. and i think dogs it was it was perfect for he was the right human whereas i'd be a bit more chatty maybe and so i i sort of stayed a room away but i could see them and i did all the paperwork and the weighing of the pups and the that side of things and then paul was right in beside her while she mm. had them uh, that's um, but she was perfect yeah. with the two of us and then i was really curious we were sort of lucky in a way that she had them during the pandemic. I didn't have the pressure of, you know, neighbours, children descending on the house and, you know, nobody could call actually. So that was probably a good thing. But one or two friends called and she was wonderful. She was, um, in fact, she was one close friend called with her dog and we had the dog out in the garden because we didn't want to upset Pixie and um, Pixie was almost showing off. Oh, you know, my friend yeah. came in. Oh, look Pixie at me. Was, oh, yeah. She yeah, was yeah. so proud and she was always oh. doing a little dance of pride when my oh, friend really? came in. Oh, really? That's cool. My friend was able to handle the puppies, all of that. And um, so yeah. she's, she's wonderful, Pixie. She was a great choice by Irish Guide Dogs. The breeding manager, Maeve, and her, her deputy, Valerio, they have wonderful instincts. Is he Labrador or what is He's, her? Uh... Pixie is half Labrador, half. Pixie's father was a Labrador and her mother was a Golden Retriever. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Mm. And then her pups were three quarter Labrador. So each father was a Labrador. So um, the last two pups we've had, which were from Pixie, um, yeah. were really very Labrador. There was only a quarter, one retriever grandparent. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what, what happened with the puppies afterwards? What is the current status? Yeah. Um, so the, the first litter, bank, uh, they the were very uh, successful. Bank employee, uh, yeah, an accountant, uh, <laughs> uh, accountant <laughs> doctor, yeah. dentist also. Dentist, eh? yeah. 
yeah. They were actually were very proud. Money makers. Yeah. Yeah. Now you laugh at this. The only and um, her first litter seven puppies, five of them qualified, and um, one as an assistance dog, four as guide dogs. Um, two didn't make it. One guy didn't make it because of some dietary issue. I think it was something to do with his tummy or his diet. Oh. And now his puppy raiser was disappointed. She's experienced. And she said to me, Ugh. I'm kind of just, I wish, you know, could we not have played mm. around with his diet and maybe persevered? Now, I don't know. That's the guy dog's prerogative. They decided to withdraw him. They might have yeah. decided that it might be too expensive down the line to play around a diet. Or it might be that they had enough pups in training at the time. Somebody got a fabulous pet dog. And then the only other dog that didn't make it was the puppy that we raised, which was disappointing for us. I never see any dog as a failure, by the way. Just because a dog doesn't become a guide dog doesn't mean they're not a great dog. It just yeah. means that wasn't the career for uh, them. That's true. Yeah. So um, yeah. no dog is a failure. Every dog brings magic to somebody's yeah. life eventually. Yeah. But our little girl didn't make it. And it was most unfortunate. She was almost finished her training. And she got attacked by a dog um, a dog had had, you know, no, not a bad attack attack. I just mean the dog was aggressive towards her and it she lost her, you know, she lost her courage and it, it rattled her. She was a very bright dog, so she remembered it. Um, oh, right, you know, yeah. And a guide dog staff member said to me, you know, another dog who wasn't as bright might have just moved on within a day. Where she was so bright, she remembered it. And it was a yellow dog who, who showed aggression towards her. And I'm not sure where or when. I think the trainer was, they were out and about somewhere. And she was reluctant in front of any yellow dog for a while. And she sort of lost her courage. We brought her up for a holiday with Pixie, actually, to, you know, just to distract her and, yeah. and so on. Yeah. And then she went back down to Cork to her temporary borders to finish her training or to, to see how things went. And she was a few weeks. She just was not herself. And she wasn't even no. herself with us with, on that holiday with Pixie. But she did get her courage again. A few weeks later, the temporary boarder said, oh, it was like magic. She just went back to her old self and spirited and wonderful and everything. But unfortunately, guide dogs didn't put her forward for qualification because they're so careful and they're so, as you know, Oren, yeah. their attention well, to detail is something else. Right. The guide dogs decided yeah. um, because that incident happened, even though she seemed fine again, they, they, they prefer a dog to have a perfect record to assign them to yeah. a client. No, so that's true. a lucky, lucky couple in Cork, a lovely outdoorsy couple who love hiking. They got this perfect, fully trained dog, <laughs> you know, yeah. so it's wonderful for them but just such a pity but look these things happen you can't legislate yep. for odd instance like that in terms of naming because this is a this is a question that a lot of people ask who gets to name the puppies ah naming yeah that's a good one it's what several happens? ways it's the responsibility of irish guide dogs and um, but they very kindly involve the brood holder which is wonderful so um, so, for example, when Pixie had her first litter, first of all, Oren's probably aware of this and it might be the same in, in the Netherlands, Jan. Um, you're given a letter for the litter and that's so clever because when you go to puppy class and um, because all of your pups litter all of the same initial letter, the trainer doesn't have to go. The trainer doesn't have to say, now, who have you got there? What's that, what age is that dog? Whose parents, what litter, you know, what's the dog's date of birth? If you say Rover, 
the trainer says, ah, or litter, born in March. And they know who the parents are and they know what the temperament of the litter is and etc. So it's very clever. So Irish guide dogs are named alphabetically by litter. So we were given the letter C. Now, it's not that the brood holder can go off and call the dog whatever they like, but you are absolutely welcome to submit suggestions to Irish guide dogs. And I think um, all of my suggestions were accepted, I believe, for the sea litter. No, right. one wasn't. I loved the name Cara, which is the Irish for friend. friend. But they, they didn't let me use that. They will stop you using a name, naming a pup for uh, one of several reasons. If the name is already allocated to a dog that's in their system. So a dog that's in training. They don't okay. want a brand new puppy too close in age to a pup that they're currently training. It's too yeah. confusing. So you might be told, no, sorry, dear, to that name. It's a, it's too active. We've several, you know, we've a client with a dog that name. We have a dog in training at the moment. We can't have a third. So you might be asked to suggest another name. And also corporate sponsorships. So sometimes a company will very generously um, sponsor a puppy and that company might have a competition. They'll still be given the letter, but they might be given a competition among their employees to name a pup. And that's wonderful because it brings in fun, valuable funding for Irish guide dogs. If Stuart ever decided to get a guide dog, his guide dog might be called Carlsberg. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, I've, I've a lovely little anecdote, uh, Oren, about Larry um, in, in relation to this. Larry was sent to us on a holiday um, after he qualified, but before he was matched to yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, it was it would be for a few. We were told it was might be for three weeks. It turned out to be five weeks, which was wonderful. So we had five weeks of Larry and it was ve- a very special time for me because it was the first time that I had got one of these wild puppies handed back to me fully trained. And I remember the trainer coming and saying, Deirdre, I want you to put him in harness maybe three times a week. And, and I'll, I'll bring you on a training session just to get his skills, you know, that he doesn't lose his purpose. Yeah. And that was an, inc- an extraordinary privilege, privilege for me to actually have this one of these wild puppies all mature, grown up. And it was just amazing. And I even remember closing my eyes, walking to the local shop with Paul shadowing me and trusting this dog. I, I, I ended up I, I was emotional. I thought it was amazing because um, you can imagine an eight week old puppy through adolescence. You don't get that beautiful maturity in our our yeah, time with the pup. Yeah. So that was an amazing time. Five weeks of quad Larry. I'll, I'll never forget it. So one day I was in Galway where I work in a busy city centre and I was and Larry was in harness and I was walking up and down a busy street and the train station, all of that. And he was behaving just immaculately. And on Shop Street, uh, a busy street in Galway, um, he passed several dogs, some of them off leash, and he did his job. He was in harness. He walked past them. No dog distraction. It's just extraordinary. But then as I walked into this shopping center, we passed a blind man with a dog in harness and uh-huh. both dogs uh, got very um, not agitated, very excited. And he sort of broke his rule, you know, and she did as well. They sniffed each other and they, you know, they, the tails were wagging like crazy. <laughs> so um, this disorientated, this this unsighted man. So I said, I'm so sorry. I said, my dog has distracted your guide dog and I apologize or whatever. So I asked him which direction he was going in and re- reoriented, etc. I said, I'm so sorry again. I said, it might be that they know each other from kennels. I said, this guy is a guide dog as well. 
And um, I said, he's just on a holiday with me. I'm boarding him. And he said, oh, look, that's no problem. Don't worry. And he said, I haven't had her long, actually. Um, I've only had her about two or three weeks. Right. And it was Ooh. around the time that mm-hmm. that litter were being matched. And I said, oh, what, what's her name? And Larry was yellow and this dog was black. So I didn't. And she was much smaller than Larry as well. I said, what's her name? And he said, Lady. And I said, Lady. oh, my goodness. <laughs> And I said, was she born, does she have a June birthday? Was she born June, uh, say two years, Six. was she two years old uh-huh. in June? And he said, yeah. And they were brother and sister. They were uh, litter mates. Oh, and that, hence yeah. the the break in uh, their training. They, you know, they just couldn't resist the familiar uh, uh, scent. Before you go, give us a few names that you've named dogs. Oh, uh, wow. When I got to name the litters. The sea litter <laughs> were called least. Campbell, Crosby. Carty, like uh, yeah. Carty, Cloda, after Cloda. after Oren's wife. Yeah. Each of the sea litter was called after somebody that was dear to us. Um, Clancy, um, Cullen, and Cassidy, Cassidy. all called after uh, preferably people who'd been good to us in relation to dogs. For example, Carty was called after my office mate in work, John Carty, who mm. was afraid mm. of dogs most of his life. And very kindly accepted these guide dog puppies into the office and has been wonderful. Um, so we named a dog in his honour. And little Cloda was called after Cloda O'Donovan. <laughs> oh, that's the cliffhanger. Yeah, that's yeah. good. Well, this is uh, gives us a good uh, um, yeah, insight. Uh, yeah, how it is working then in Ireland. Uh, yeah, uh, so we've, wonderful. We've, yeah, we've gotta, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna have to have you back at some stage. Uh, yeah, uh, anytime, Deirdre. Uh, uh, this has been brilliant. Anytime, it was a privilege and a pleasure. Uh, yeah, you would recommend, as you say, uh, you would feel it would be better for some people to maybe raise a puppy puppy oh, yeah. raise rather than maybe own a dog absolutely a dog. i i could not extol the virtues of it enough it's um and if there's anybody listening who would be interested in puppy raising just get in touch with your local guide dog association give them a ring or look up their website and yeah. um i'm always happy to talk to anybody if anybody approaches you guys um feel, please feel free to put them in touch with me it's it's the best thing i've ever done well, I'd like to oh. say it again, thank you yeah. very much for coming on the podcast. But more importantly, thank you again for looking after Larry when he oh, was and, a baby. And thank you and for loving him. <laughs> <laughs> you can't but love yeah. Larry. Oh, thank yeah. you, Deirdre. Thank you very yeah. much. Thank, thank you, you very guys. much. Yeah. Great talking to you. Questions and stories and feedback of plenty from all our listeners. We have about twenty. Sending to guide us. mail as they're to sipping a brew. Yeah. Thank you, dear listener, because we oh, yeah. still love and you. Oh yeah, and Claudia. Otis in Baltimore, <laughs> Derry in Dublin, How are you doing? Gordon in hey. Scotland. Oh, God! Oh, God! <laughs> oh, <laughs> <laughs> Now let's have more email. Go, go, Claude, go. go. Yay. Yay. Hey, Hey. How's everybody? Hey, Not Are a bother on a slaughter. Yeah. <laughs> Fighting the good fight. Mm, yeah. It's Rosalie's birthday today. Stuart. Yeah, Rosalie's birthday. Oh, yeah, Rosalie's yeah. birthday. That was yeah. Yeah. exciting. The beginning. I couldn't stop Yeah. Laughing. That's Sorry. true. It was because your singing is very good, actually, the three of you. Yeah, she could do a barbershop thing, I suppose, yeah. if, if was, we wanted was, to well, just, you know. that was just at the and no, no rehearsal or anything. That was very good. Yeah. 
Yeah, we we practiced for years, you know. What <laughs> would it be like after a couple of beers, Claudia? Oh, I can only imagine. Yeah, <laughs> and I and I will take one after this because I I, I need to celebrate something more. Okay. Wow. All right, go on. Give us a. Yeah. Let's start so with. So uh, we've a clatter load of emails as yep. I clatter load. Okay. Um, our first one is a voice message. So, um, Mr. Producer Man, if you'd like to press play, there. Will do. Hello, Blind Guys Chat team. Hey. hey. And that oh. includes Cloda, Larry, and Chef. Larry's so the whole team. You're all keeping well. We are. Just thought that I'd pop along and tell you guys that i'm still enjoying your podcasts thank you excellent a question for jan okay. oh, that's me they all like you trains <laughs> in the netherlands and yep. if you do can you phone whatever train station you're traveling to and from and let them know that you need assistance like oh to get on and off the train ah. and if you do how do you find it oh um i have most recently started traveling only since may alone with my white cane uh on the train from mayo to cork i have to say that I avail of two different organisations, um, well, as well as availing of Irish Rail to help me get on and off the train. I also avail of the Dublin Bus Assistance Scheme. I just contacted Roger, Roger and his team. They said that they would come and meet me and support me as well as Irish Rail. The way that I do it is I go Clare Mars. I get the train to Houston Station. And then I get the train from Houston Station to Cork. Even though I have to say, the last time that I went, which was a week ago, they did take a few minutes to come and help me off the train at Houston Station. The Irish Rail staff did. So it actually ended up that it was the driver that helped me because I thought that I was forgotten about at Houston Station. If you sit in the disability seats or priority seats, whichever word people like to use, um. It's beside the big bathrooms on the train. On the windowsill, there's a box. And on that box, there's a red button. And if you press that, that communicates you with the driver. And you can tell them, I need assistance to get off the train. Or, you know, I'm getting off the train here. Would you mind holding on a few minutes? You know, if you didn't wish to get assistance but you just needed the driver to wait a minute or two hope you're all keeping well and 
keep up the amazing work. Thanks, sure. Roisin. Uh, yeah. So, Jan, what do you think? Are there trains in the Netherlands? And yeah, do you take too many, them? actually. <laughs> 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 Is there such a thing? We have a, a, a terribly uh, high, uh, uh, well, well-equipped um, uh, public network, uh, public transport network, and it is quite uh, busy. And yes, we have also um, assistance in that way, and you can apply for it. And that's also uh, sometimes what you need to do in advance. I don't know how you do that in in, in Ireland, but here you yeah, need to same. plan it yeah, in advance. Yeah. And mm. since I'm not that uh, well, you know, when I have to go for work or whatever. But since you do it also privately, I I take in the Netherlands the the train, and then I. Uh, yeah, uh, then I don't plan it, to be honest, you know. And then uh, uh, since I um, am, am usually uh, going on and off the, at the stations that I know mm -hmm. uh, here yeah. in this area, so then I don't need assistance. And uh, where I go to here in the Netherlands when I travel to my dad or um, even when I came down, you know, from Terschelling with the Burgerly, yeah, uh, I traveled also by the public on my own. Then... Uh, you know, uh, you travel on your own and, and you always uh, find your way simply by asking uh, because your social skills are, are your uh, yeah, lifeline. Yeah. And then you always met, meet people uh, that always uh, w w also need to go to that uh, platform, etc. So, so, um, so, Jan, how do you do that? Do you kind of just go, excuse me, can someone help me? Or what exactly. do you do? Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Or, uh, yeah or I think if, if you hear somebody walking behind yeah. you or ahead of you, people are, I, I think Jan is, and I think it's, the, I think the point Jan is making as well is about having a plan B. Yes, you can ring the customer service and yeah. hopefully, you know, they will come, but sometimes it doesn't work. Mm. We exactly. all know that. And it's having because that plan B. Because they're also busy, you know. Yeah. That's yeah. It's that a real works skill, everywhere. I think. Anyway, it's a real let's, skill to be let's, able to do Let's that. move on because yeah. we're running out move of time on. together. Yeah. Let's go no, one more good. email. And actually, only one. Oh, jeepers. Yeah, we're really oh. out of time now. Okay, well. Who'll um, be the lucky person that gets read out? I'm going to pick. start on. Um, oh. Hello, <laughs> blind guys and Cloda. Loving oh. the show as always, but I'm afraid I do need to take the guys to task for their comments on the women's, women's football World Cup. Uh, Have you guessed oh. who this is from? What did we say something? I know. Many people in England. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh -huh. or, or his guest. Blind Gordon. Yes, it is. Uh, is many it because people I in said England, UK? Partic yes, particularly the media, like to equate England with the UK, but the two are not the same. Uh -oh. It was Ooh. the England team playing in the World Cup, as there is no UK football team. <laughs> oh. Scotland sadly did not qualify. Oh, sorry. The, uh, the upside to this is that many Scots found they had plenty of other teams to support, i.e., whichever team was playing England. <laughs> they nearly <laughs> they nearly confounded us, he says. But Spain came through in the end. England did well, but nobody likes to see their greatest sporting rival have success. So most no. Scots I know were pleased that Spain won. Yeah, and, yeah, and, I understand. And, and, yeah. and you know something in, in, in fairness to Gordon if someone had done that here like, about Ireland we'd be oh, all we'd going mad too so no, yeah. fair, no, fair no, point fair Gordon use. fair point yeah. okay I apologize I, I know nothing about football yeah. at all so. sorry uh, Gordon yeah. Yeah, 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 there was sorry. a, there was <laughs> a use blind guys chat uh, mug Official. coming going your way <laughs> okay yeah. that's a big lie because there isn't one he's not quite finished so don't cut me off okay um, he says on a different on a different topic, and this oh, calls back oh. to our last. Uh, we had an email in from a new, a uh, long time listener, first time emailer, which was I think it was Julie DeMello, if I oh, remember yeah, rightly, yeah. Um, about like NIMBYism. 
And she's saying, sorry, uh, Gordon is saying NIMBYism is a well-known word in the UK. And I do mean the UK, not just Scotland. (laughs) 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 I think the term NIMBY was first coined in the 80s to describe people who didn't want new things in their local area. That acronym spawned NIMBYism as a word to describe the phenomenon of the NIMBY attitude, as in not in my backyard. Finally, if Stuart does come up with a new jingle, he Never. must make sure that there's a reason to allow Oren's a high. <laughs> oh, it, yeah. makes me, yeah. it makes me smile to, every time I hear I it. Give a mention the Scotland All the best, the Gordon. Well, well, you, you've got two of them uh, in, this, in this episode, Gordon. So. Yeah. And listen, keep the emails coming. I do have a few. So if you haven't heard yours yet, I will, be, I'll, I will get to it next time. Yeah. I have a few in the bag. But keep them coming in. We love, we love getting your yep. emails. Thanks a million. Yep. Guys, chat at gmail.com. Get off the stage. Yes, yes, we are going. We, are, we know oh we're out of time. Bye. Sorry, good luck, everyone. Yeah, goodbye. Yeah. And uh, good night. And a g- happy birthday to Rosalie again. Happy birthday, Yay. Rosalie. Yay. Hey. Thank you very much. Bye-bye.